Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and tonight... Tonight we're going to be talking about how to best communicate with your spouse, your child, schedule, life, what's happening. Um, We're going to talk about medical issues versus misbehavior and what to do to decipher the differences there. And also what happens when your child has a medical issue that needs to be addressed and the other bio parent isn't on board. How do you navigate that? And then lastly, we're going to talk about um, how to set a boundary and say no to stepping up with your stepchild if it's unsafe. All right. So a lot of, I think a lot of really heavy topics tonight. Yes. I'm so in the mood. (laughs) Are you? No, it's been one of, you've been going nonstop all day long, so I'm sure... (laughs) <laughs> Your brain's ready for You're this. You're probably going to have to do the heavy lifting tonight. <laughs> no, it's going to be you. Um, People right. prefer to hear you anyway, so. That's not the truth. It's the truth. Um, So all four of what, you know, all four of our topics that we posted and, and I just described are written in um, current present situation that our listeners have asked that we discuss. And so I'm going to read each question and situation it was as it's presented to us and then we'll just discuss and I because we're talking about medical stuff I want to just say Eric and I are not qualified to diagnose anything we are not (laughs) professional doctors um we are I think we get asked a lot we're just here for the advice Well, and just to bring light to situations, I mean, on our Instagram yesterday, we had a bunch of polls up and then a question was posed, you know, what do you (laughs) wish you could change? That's where all the dollar bills came from. Yeah. And um, a lot of people wrote in and what I hoped people got from that was just to see that they're not alone, that you're not the only one struggling. You're not the only one having issues. Some people have it way worse than you. Some people have it better, which can give you hope that things can be better. Um, But I think that we're just bringing an awareness to blended family issues. And our hope is always to start conversations that you finish in your own home, right? So you need to figure out what's best for your family in your situation with all the players that are involved on your team, 
Um, we don't walk on water. Do nope. you walk on water? I, I barely swim in water. So, you know. I float on water. Just keep that in mind. Like, you know, as we're giving out advice and talking about this stuff, it's just a, to offer our perspective. And maybe that sparks something in you that is even different than what we're saying. But, you know, we all can spark change with each other just by sharing opinions and giving different perspectives and giving new things to think about that maybe you hadn't before. So I just want to kind of put that out there before we begin on these topics. topics. <laughs> um, so the first person, and all anonymous, of course. So this one person writes in and says, I'm in a Christian stepmom support group. Many women have brought up being in a group text with all parents so that everyone is in the loop. There have been times I've been informed of things last minute or not at all and find out when they are happening. Although I don't have any interest in interacting with the bio mom, I do think the idea of being in the loop um, is important. That way, something to weigh the pros and cons that I care about. I heard the woman say that their blended family counselors have suggested this. My husband is feeling like that would not allow him to parent the way he wants to, or at least those were his initial thoughts when I told him about a lot of the blended families doing this. There's a difference between how our children are handled because I'm a full-time parent and he gets his kids every day but doesn't have joint custody, so it's 30-70. I think that we're struggling to find a balance of being all-in and still trying to respect each other's places as bio-parents. I'm curious to know what you guys do to keep each other in the loop. If extra time or days are offered for you to have your children, is that discussed first? What do you do to address things when the other, when one parent forgets to inform you of things a lot? He's forgetful with most things in life. So it's not specifically a bio parent versus stepmom thing. So um, there's four things we're going to address here. The <laughs> first is, what is your opinion on a group text? The first should actually be a shout out to someone from Spain. She said it's 4.30 in the morning there. She's watching us live. Hey! So, so welcome. <laughs> that's fun. Um, group text. That's uh, That's a tough one because I feel like... I co-parent fairly well. You have your own style of co-parenting. I, I, I wouldn't love to be on a group text with your ex and his wife, nor would I want to be with my ex and her husband, even though I don't have a problem with any of them. I'm like, at that point, it feels like there's too many cooks in the kitchen to me. What about you? Um, I think that, um, so I know people who are in group texts and it works for them because it's solely about the kids. Right. It's not, if you're in a, a co-parenting situation that's very accusatory or a co-parenting situation that's very toxic or mm -hmm. hard, um, a group text could be challenging because... 
you're dealing with kind of a loose cannon. And if one person, like you couldn't control what I would respond. And then that's just starts a shit show. Right. Or I couldn't control a remark that you would make to something that was said. And then hence for shit show. That's what I mean by there being too many cooks in the kitchen. It's like, there's too many opinions going on about one thing at once where one of the questions I, I think that was asked to us is like, how do we deal with it? You know, we, I think a lot of times. How do we keep each other in the loop? Yeah. And it's just communication. That's truly like how we keep each other in the loop. A lot of times, if it's a big thing that needs to be described or, or, um, you know, to keep someone in the loop without losing words, we'll screenshot and send something to one another or forward an email, CC, whatever, you know, um, but it really comes down to um, having good communication with one another. And it wasn't always an easy thing. And I don't think that it's perfect yet. But I think we've gotten better at um, knowing that it affects us if we don't keep each other in the loop. So we have made more of an effort to do so. You know, like, okay, this is coming up. This is coming up. But sometimes life happens. And in a blended family, this is a hard situation to be in. Yeah. And I, I want to tell people that group texting does work and it's a good idea if everyone's super level-headed and it's just easy. There's not bad blood, still hard feelings, you know, everyone's pretty even keeled and doesn't cause problems. Like if you're just dealing with typical people, then I don't see a problem with it. I think it's, you know, it could be a red flag that your spouse doesn't want you in a group text. Like they don't, they don't want you privy to that information. They don't want you to see what's being said between, um, I don't know. You'd have to work that out and feel that out. Um, and decide because if you want to be, if you want this to happen, which it kind of sounds like she really wants this because she wants the information and he's pushing back on that. Mm -hmm. I would get curious and see why, And it's curious that he feels like he can't be his true authentic self if she's in a group text. That's a little bit of a, I'd be curious what that means. Like he feels like he can't parent. Well, is he parenting his ex? Hmm. I mean, are you parenting the child? Like there's something that he likes to keep separate from her. And I would just ask Like, I would get curious why. Like, it would bother me as well to be like, no, I don't feel like I can parent if you're in a group text. Well, I see how you parent. I don't, you know what I mean? That that, that, that kind of falls on. You're looking at one side of it, though. No, I'm. Finish your sentence and I'll go. So I think that people enjoy the freedom of not having someone looking over their shoulder or being involved in a conversation. It just makes it. Harder, you don't want to get scrutinized, you don't want to get questioned, you don't want to get something right out of context and then have to defend it. Like, I get that that adds a whole nother layer, but if it's strictly about the kids, I don't, you know, there's nothing that I text my ex that you couldn't see. Right, and vice versa. There's nothing that goes on that I would need to hide from you. I don't act differently with my ex than I do... Like I, there's, it's benign. So if you were to come to me and be like, Hey, I just want to be in the loop. Can we do this? I'd be like, fine. Right. I wouldn't have alarm bells, 
But if you didn't want to be in it, I wouldn't be offended either because mm. whatever. Like, it's just been, it, mine is a benign situation. Like, right. I, I tell you everything that's an issue. Right. It's not, I don't care. But that's only one scenario. Yes. That's my scenario. Exactly. And yes. so that's what, that's what kind of, that's my thought on this. It's not that I wouldn't ever want you on one either, or you wouldn't be able to, or you're not able to see and read what I, you know, I mean, because a lot of times I just screenshot and send, you know, if I'm like, hey, this is going on, it's too much to explain to you, screenshot, send, like, there, we've had a conversation, right? I mean, you saw exactly what I saw, you know, the details I know, like, we can talk about it later, but at least you're up to speed of where I am, but what if the ex acts differently with you in the situ- situation, you know, what if um, with her in the mix, if she knows that she's on group chat, she has, you know, this, it turns into a pissing war and she needs to, she needs to strut her stuff and show how much more powerful she is. And these are my children. And I don't really give a shit what you have to say. This is the way I'm putting it. The, the, what if the other, the other person mm-hmm. goes into a totally different type of mode yeah, well, without them being, you know, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it can change dynamics with having someone else in the mix. It makes, like I said, too many cooks in the kitchen. Now everyone thinks that they're a better chef and they want these spices, but they prefer these ones. And do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it can turn into, and this is, again, this is only one scenario different from your scenario. Neither are right or wrong. And it could be a completely different scenario, but there could be something, but at the end of the day, they need to talk about this and she needs to figure out why he doesn't want her on this group text. And it might be something completely innocent. Like, I just feel like it's going to, it's going to. Well, he says he, she said he told her that he feels like he can't parent the way he wants to. I, and, and I kind of feel that, you know, I think that if you and I were on the same group text working, it almost turns into um, one team versus another team type of thing. I don't feel like I would co-parent as well in a big group situation with all of us on a same text together. Does that make sense? I feel like um it might get it might get a little you know huffy puffy and you know who's got more power in what situation. I feel like people um get prideful in situations like that. And that might be exactly what this is, you know, where it's like at the end of the day if it's just me and her and we're talking about something we don't really care, you know, about each other and each other's feelings. Who wins, who loses, it's not about that. It's about the kids versus when you have me and you and her and him on a, on the same chat together. Now all of a sudden it's teams. Does that make sense? And it's like, um, think about when kids have slumber parties, you know, and it's, and it, you know, if your daughter has a slumber party and it's just her and her friend, and they are doing their thing and it usually goes pretty well, but you start adding other kids into the mix and now there's other dynamics, there's other personalities. And a lot of times that doesn't work out well. A lot of times someone gets their feelings hurt, you know, they're just, there's different dynamics in all these people. So adding more people to the scenario just creates, in my opinion, more problems. So... Yeah, and I think it just matters, again, who are the players 
in right. the in the game. For if sure. it's if it's difficult people, you can expect a difficult outcome when you put all these difficult people together. You know, if it's if it's everyone's on good terms and it's just chill and you guys can go to a game and sit all by each other, it's it's not a big deal then. I think that's a different situation. Um, but I do think the bio parent gets to choose, you know, um, it's their co-parenting situation and you're a bystander. Um, is that bystander? Uh, did I say that right? I don't know. <laughs> Millicent, but, Millicent bystander? There you go. Isn't that the, um, the mouse on flushed away? I have no what idea what that is. Millicent bystander. You know guys know what I'm talking about. Is. Come on. What kind of parent are you? I, <laughs> um, Who knows what I'm talking about? But you know. Brooke said that. Hey, Brooke. Hey, girl. She, um, I think she's actually on a group text and it works well for them. And she's silent. So Brooke is silent. <laughs> she sits quietly in the corner. Well, she doesn't, unless she's like addressed, like, hey, can you, Brooke, get the girls or whatever? Mm-hmm. Then she'll respond. But she lets them work it out. Right. She is just kind of a silent. So she's in the loop. So she knows. She doesn't actively get involved. And I think. That's why it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have um, mommy to two boys and Ellie. She says that they could never do it. Right. Yeah. So I just think it's, it's different yeah. for everyone, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, I think that so with Eric and I, how we keep each other in the loop, Eric's already shared like screenshots, forwarding emails, um, I've made more of an effort because it was really, really hard. And I don't know if it's a guy thing. <laughs> um, I'm about to get called out. <laughs> no, because she says her husband's forgetful too. For sure. And, and I, so yeah. I know for me, like I, I'm, I'm a planner. Like that's my love language. If you want to know my love language, it's like planning. That's with an N, not a T. <laughs> so <clears throat> it drives me crazy not to know the plan or what to expect and it and that gets offensive to people because it's bad to know what to expect but it's just you know it's my home your home but like i like to know who's coming and going and when i don't feel like that's unreasonable expectations and so because it matters more to me like he doesn't care no. he's whatever yeah we're just different so what i've learned is that i ask so if i want to know if anything's going on and it's important to me, then I ask the question. I don't get mad that he doesn't share because he forgets or he's got other things or he's doing something else and, you know, I haven't seen him all day. And so I've learned to just ask, like, hey, have you talked to your ex? If What's going on? Did this end up happening? Like, I start getting curious and asking and then it's like I get my questions answered or he's not offended right yeah or I just haven't talked like I feel like I've gotten a lot better at just keeping you in the loop and you're like waiting to like yeah I haven't heard anything like what 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 have you guys talked about what you know what and I'm like I nothing you know yeah like when's I he, just check in and see what's going on yeah when's your son coming over next I don't know <laughs> Like, or, you know what I mean? Like, what time are you getting them on Friday? I don't know. You know, like, we just work it out. I'm not such a stickler on that stuff where I'm like, it'll work out when it works out. Yeah, there's, you know? like, no schedule. And then I'm all about there the is, schedule. Though. There well, is, though. There is. I know I'm getting them Friday. No, like, sometimes time. there's no, like, times. Like, it's whenever. And that's fine. Like, it's just different. 
we're just, it's just different. How our agreements are written are different. Right. You know, the players involved are different. So, but I've learned and my advice to her would be if it's super important to you to be kept in the loop and you feel like your husband isn't coming to you on his own, then I would just start asking, you know, just, hey, what's going on today? Anything I should know? How's, how are the kids? Have you talked to your ex? I mean, you know, like start asking and then that gives you the power of information and you're seeking it and you're not waiting on him and getting mad that he is not coming to you. Like you can fix that pretty quickly by getting curious. Or, and, or you can like realize like, hey, it doesn't really matter. Like I feel like in our household, it doesn't matter. Like if your kids are going to be here an hour early or an hour late, if it doesn't disrupt your schedule, maybe it's not even worth the hassle and headache. Because I feel like a lot of times we might even kind of get into it a little bit. But it's like at the end of the day, it's it doesn't it doesn't affect our schedule. You know, I'm going to be here all day regardless at that time. You know, he's old enough when he gets dropped off that it doesn't matter if either of us are here. You know, I know you like to know schedule wise, but sometimes like don't don't let the communication get to such a point that it's nagging and you guys are getting in fights about it, you know. I'm confused why asking questions would make a fight. No, I'm just saying, like, if it's if it's to the if point to where... If asking your husband a question leads to a fight, something else is going on. Something else. Womp, womp, womp. Okay. So, um, but that was just something so you're not setting him up to fail, that he's not coming to you, and you're able to break that cycle just by asking a question. It could be good. It could not. Maybe it leads to fights, and that's a whole other thing. Um... If extra time or days are offered for you to have your children, is that discussed first? Um, that doesn't usually happen with me. I mean... It, like, never happens with you. It never happens with me, really. I'm trying to think the last time. I think the last time I had my children longer than I was supposed to was a COVID scare in the other home that turned out to be nothing. It was, you know what I mean? It was like I was exposed. It was and, sarcoidosis. Yeah. So that was the only thing. And it was kind of like, I can't send them there until we know you're negative. Like it kind of, but yes, yeah, so we discussed that obviously cause I never go back to the other house, but that's not really an issue that I have to deal with. Um, both of us equally want our kids on our time. So we're not, we try to schedule things that, I don't know, it's not like, and I think that, I don't know, it's not really an issue in our house like that. Uh-huh. I guess so. I guess we, I guess we talk about it like if it's going to be, if it's going to be a thing, but I don't think it's like a permission is asked. It's more like this is what's happening type of a thing. It's not, it's not, I don't feel is isn't an issue. Um, I feel like sometimes, not recently, but sometimes it's been an issue when, um, I'll end up with my son a little more often for some reason or another than is planned, you know, and it's like, well, why and how and what, you know, um, there's a lot more questions asked, um, but it's usually not that big of a deal, but we talk about it ahead of time. Right. I feel like we do. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a thing. Right. Um, what do you do to address things when one parent forgets to inform you of things a lot? 
So I ask questions. If you don't want me to ask questions, then inform me. I don't know. Why yeah, am I going to sit and be mad when I can just ask a question? Or why am I going to sit and be pissed off? Or you know what I mean? Or whatever. Draw like conclusions. When, yeah. Why am I going to jump to conclusions or get upset? You know? And that is something that you can tell your husband. Like, if you don't want to tell me, cool. Like, I get that you forget. But then I'm going to ask questions. And if you don't like that, then you can just tell me. Or we can screenshot me. Like, let's figure it out. But I do think that the step parent has every right to be, and they should. It's their home too, right? To be in the loop, to know what's going on. It's a respect thing. Um, and it is a partnership thing. And if you're not treating your spouse like a partner and an equal, um, then it would cause problems in any marriage, I would assume, whether it's a blended family marriage or not. Um, right? Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's all about communication and respect. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. If you want more from us, just write in. The second question is kind of lengthy, so I'll just go through it really quick. Um, my ex and I have been going through the diagnostic process for our son who clearly has ADHD as we were asked by his school to have him seen. I have had a lot of trouble getting my son's father to participate in the assessment and treatment. He happily, happily ignored all my pleas, pleases for about 18 months until the psychologist told me there was no point continuing his treatment until he was medicated. An opinion his teachers also shared. His so the father's immediate response was a big no. A few weeks after conflict later, I finally got him to agree that if we saw a new pediatrician, so a second opinion, and he came and received a, an ADHD diagnosis again from him too, then he would oblige the medical trial. Anyway, um, silly me should have known better. He was on... on form, but he was manipulating the doctor and was not honest on any of his assessment. Oh, on the form that he filled out, because I don't know if you know, I have actually done this with my kid's pediatrician. Um, you fill out a form when they ask you questions for ADHD testing. So I guess on the form, the dad manipulated the form and was not honest on any of his assessments and just made the whole thing a shit show. So cut to eight more months of therapy with a different psychologist. And she tells me we need to go see a new pediatrician and get our son sorted with some of the medication. I managed to get my ex to agree on a trial basis to medication. Yay. The psychologist made a personal phone call and called in a favor with a pediatrician friend. So we got to skip the waiting period and we're seeing her next week. And so only my ex has now had a change of heart. <laughs> no to medication again. And he will be at the appointment and make sure that no ADHD diagnosis is made. I have no idea how to get through to him. His son is suffering and all he seems to care about is how it looks on him if he has a diagnosis. He is so good at reading and working with people and working people 
that the last one seemed to turn against me. He has implied I have lied on his assessments when in fact it was him not being honest. I am scared he is going to ruin this whole opportunity and we will be back at square one with our son slowly fading away. I don't feel like I can be honest about this to the pediatrician as he will manage to make it look, make me look insane. Plus I pride myself on not exposing my son's you know, conflict between father and I. I am so tired, so run down. It's been a long journey for our son and I, but he has refused to engage and has not been dealing with it like I have. He doesn't get the calls from the school, and his son only cries to me. How can I make him see? It's tough. Um, Did you choose this one out of... I, I feel like you've had a very similar experience Mm -hmm. you know are you willing to talk about that and share some of that not why did we choose this one (laughs) um (laughs) okay this Um, was just this was something that was written in i picked the top four that were uh in why are you okay so here's what i would say you don't have to i i totally no i'm just i'm trying to come up with a creative way to answer this well how do you make someone see that's her question. And the thing is, is regardless of where you fall in medication and ADHD and all of that, you know, if someone's committed to their own cause, if he's anti-medication, I, and especially because you're an ex, here's what I know. You can't make him see anything. Um, and that's a really hard spot in is like that's all you can do so my advice because this is a medical thing and you've seen now three pediatricians and three psychologists and the schools like you know and you have all the and I I can appreciate having all the pressure on you the teachers you know um people around you you're the one getting all the pressure and dad is not I've been there and I will say that and you feel like you have an extreme responsibility to help your child because that's as mothers, that's what we do. We're nurturers. We, we want to fix it for our kids. And so if it is so crazy and he is so against it and you are so for it, I never say judge, but I would take it to court because I don't think that a, I don't think you can change his mind. I don't think that we can change people by shouting at the rain. And if his mind was going to be changed, it would have been changed. It's been such a long process. So I don't want to not give you hope, but I think it's going to be a different kind of battle. You need to fight to get somewhere. Is he anti-medicine? Did she say that? Or is this, or is it just for this? Because I know of people who are very prideful when it comes to a diagnosis of their child. So being Mm -hmm. diagnosed means that medicine or not, he's then labeled. Mm -hmm. And that label then reflects mom or dad, mom and dad. That they have a son who is ADHD, and that to some people tarnishes their image and their name, and mm-hmm. therefore mm-hmm. they don't want it, whether whether it helps or hurts their child. 
Mm-hmm. So that's also like a, yeah. a, another side of that coin. Yeah. And a parent's pride is very, a, a father's pride is very big. It'd be very hard to admit, I would say, as a dad, it'd be very hard to admit that your son has a problem. My and son I've has s- a problem. <laughs> I've I hope seen he's that. Still. <laughs> I've seen that. You know, but this father is anti, like doesn't want his son on meds, and even furthermore refuses to have him diagnosed as ADHD. And I don't think it's um, it's just hard because you are you both want he doesn't want his son labeled with this probably as well. Like his reasons for wanting to dismiss this are valid to him, and your reasons for wanting to take this on and fix it for your son are completely valid as well. And um, I don't, but the, I just don't think you can make anyone see something when they're so committed to it being against it. Um, you know, you could have all the letters in the world mailed to him from the pediatrician and the psychologist and, if he lies and manipulates, then that's what he's going to do. And he's half of a parent and it's half of his kid. And so I would get a lawyer if you're able to and take it to court and see where it lands. If it's that important if to it's you, that important. Yeah. you know, because some things we need something bigger than ourselves or an entity that is a deciding factor when we can't. And medical stuff is very serious. So this isn't like my son wants to dye his hair and his dad doesn't. I, you know, this is this is going to affect the rest of his life either way. Meds are going to change his life. Non-meds are going to change his life. Having a diagnosis is going to change his life. Not having a diagnosis and living with something is going to change his life. Like these are really, really serious, big issues. And um, it's telling, obviously, that three doctors now have said something in psychologists in the school at some point everyone can't be wrong um and so but it's a it's a very my heart goes out to you it's a very very difficult spot to be in it's a very difficult spot to feel like you're your child's only advocate when they should have two it's very hard to do it alone and to get help alone um and to walk that alone um, and so I, I, uh, you know, so if, you know, maybe the, the bio dad will soften over time. Sometimes things just take time to sink in too. Like you plant a seed, everyone's planting seeds in the bio dad's head. And as time goes on and kid continues to act out or things continue to happen, you know, I think that those seeds will grow and he'll be like, oh, okay. Or maybe he'll be in a situation with the son that's really difficult and, like, he doesn't know what to do. And he'll have, like, an aha moment that maybe we need help. Like, this isn't normal. This isn't okay. Um, I don't know if you said how old your child is. I don't think so, but when little kids are young, we explain away erratic behaviors, right? They're young, they're going through stuff, 
But what happens is they get older and they don't grow out of stuff. It needs to be addressed. And so it might just be that your ex is like, he's young, whatever. And then he gets older and he's like, this isn't normal. And sometimes it's just because I've seen that and experienced that too. Like, oh, I knew something wasn't right. And it's like, I've been telling you, motherfucker, for like 10 years, right? Like that might happen down the road too. So don't give up, you know, be your son's advocate because he can't be his own. Continue to fight the good fight. Do what you can on your time. If you need to get custody, if you need to go to court and be like, these are what the pediatrician is, all the documentation and have a judge decide or mediation or whatever, that might be a route you go down. I don't, it's a very, very tough one. Amen. You have nothing to add? Uh, no, I, I'm so, I have like 30 things, but I just let you go. Well, I'm, why don't you? I can't, I can't even, like, I'm, what's the next thing? <laughs> I'm stuck. You're stuck? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, next question. This person says, I have some questions, maybe looking for advice, or maybe you could point me to the right podcast if it's already been discussed. I've been with my boyfriend for 11 months. I have five kids, ages 10, 9, 7, 7, and 6. You're in the thick of it, huh? He has three kids, ages 14, 12, and 10. How many kids is that? That's a Brady Bunch. That's eight children. Things have been getting pretty serious. I moved myself and five kids to a different state to be closer to him, and he just bought a house and is adding bedrooms to accommodate 10 people. So my daughter, that is 10, has had mental health problems slash behavioral issues, health issues for years. She's on medication when she needs it. Every couple of months, she has an episode where she loses her mind and is uncontrollable. I've called the cops on her twice. And how old is she? 10. Mm. So my boyfriend has expressed that he doesn't think it's a medical condition and she is just an undisciplined child. Mm. A few weeks ago, she blew up at his house during a birthday party and called him an idiot pushed her little brother and hid in a closet. I told my boyfriend that we were done partying for the night and I was taking her home. We live in a little apartment until the construction is done. Her punishment was being done at the party, going straight to bed and no technology for two weeks, which meant her phone was gone for two weeks too. Since then, things have been amazing for all of us. Fast forward to today. He asked me how it was going without my daughter having her phone. I said after two weeks of great behavior, she got it back. And that's when all hell broke loose. He told me that I never follow through with discipline and I baby my children and he can't have these unruly, undisciplined, out of control children in his house. I was taken back and hurt so much by him saying that. I realized my kids aren't perfect but neither are his and he doesn't see or care about the way his own kid acts his own kids act just mine I know Facebook isn't God but he removed he but he removed that we are in a relationship today and when I asked him about it 
He said he's taking a break because he can't do this until I learn to control my children. My kid's bio dad only sees them four days a month, his choice, not mine. So it's been extremely hard on my kids. I'm not trying to make excuses, just showing the whole picture. How can we make a blended family work? I love him so much and treat his kids like my own. And for the most part, he treats my kids like his own until they misbehave. I'm just lost and hurt and don't know how to make a relationship work with so many moving parts involved. Sorry to word vomit at you guys. Please, we do that all the time. I feel like you would understand and know how to help. Yeah, that's a gnarly situation. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start on that. Like that's, kids are going to act out when they're in a situation like that. I mean, kids being product of divorce and being separated from their other parent, you know, usually there is, what do you, what would you call that? It's not a, it's not a mental thing, but it is, it's all, kids go through hard times. It's a trauma for some children, you know, and this might be exactly something that she's going through. Um, but something that kind of caught my attention was, didn't she say that she was going to ground her for two weeks and at the end of the two weeks she got her phone back or did she not follow through? Did I miss that? No, she did in fact ground her for two weeks and she had two weeks of great behavior and so she got her phone back. So what's the boyfriend talking about then when he says that there's no follow through? Because I feel like there was a, there was a goal in mind. It was two weeks that two weeks was met and then he got mad and said there was no follow through. That is how she said it. And I think that's why she's confused why right. he's doing that when he's like, he's accusing her of that, even though there was discipline and there was follow through and there was follow through. And I think, you know, it's a situation where there's, if there's documented mental health issues and medication involved that, um, it's an issue. It's not just unruly behavior that is caused by being undisciplined. If there is a medical reason for it. Right. And I don't know if he doesn't want to acknowledge that there is a medical reason for her outbursts. Like moms, bio moms, like there's a medical reason for her outbursts. She's 10 years old. Separated right. from parents. You know. But she has mental health issues. Ten-year-olds can have mental health right, issues. Right, right, So her mom's saying that she does have mental health yes. issues. Oh, I missed that. I thought they were saying, like, maybe she does, but she No, does. mom, bio mom oh. says she has mental health issues. Okay. She has medication for it. Okay. Like, it's a documented, it's a situation, and the boyfriend is saying it's her outbursts aren't due to that. It's due to bad parenting. parenting. right. And so she's having a hard time with that. Right. So, okay. So I think then, you know, at the end of the day, it all does come down to communication between the two of them. Um, What I was talking about a minute ago being um, punishment and follow through, like maybe they had not discussed that she was going to be punished from uh, not having her phone for uh, two weeks. Maybe he didn't know what that deadline looked like, you know, but also if there is a, um, mental health issue, maybe she somehow brings him into the loop of that, somehow shows him the documentation, takes him to appointments, you know, makes him aware of it 
you know, because um, there's no better awareness than seeing it for yourself, you know, other than the behavior, but hearing it from a doctor, a professional, a therapist, whoever, you know, if there's truly something going on, mm-hmm. I feel like he should be in the loop too. So he knows how to parent in, in, you know, be a part of this because, you know, if you have a, a kid, let's say with epilepsy and um, your significant other doesn't know how to deal with epilepsy, if they're having, you know, an epileptic episode, then it kind of defeats the purpose of having another parent in the house. You know what I mean? If, if something happens, you know, like what what's the other parent going to do? And it's kind of the same thing for this, you know, what's the remedy to this? How do we help this? How do we I mean, some of it could, he could be right. Some of it could be parenting, but I mean, you and I both know firsthand that no one's a perfect parent, you know? I mean, kids are kids and they are a handful. I mean, that's why all of us are here talking about this mostly, you know? I mean, kids are little science experiments that can go any which way. Yeah. Um, I really like your point about, bringing him into the loop with medical mental health issues. Um, And honestly, it could be too, if you just moved in state and you guys have been living in different, like if you guys have been living in different states and doing kind of a long distance thing and he's only seen snapshots of your kids um, and now you moved Uh, you moved states to be closer to him and he's now witnessing your family, you and your kids in all of its glory. And he's getting a a quick dose of what reality is going to be like. It very well could be he doesn't want this. It could very well also be he is taking a step back and considering can he do this for the rest of his life? And thank God you're not married. And he's doing this, like, better figure this out now. It's hard, you know. It's it's really good that people take their time and figure it out and cohabitate sometimes if you need to and see how all the personalities um, of all the kids, you know, either gel or or don't and see what you can live with and what you can't. And maybe it's too much for him. Like, it could be, and that's really harsh and that's really hard, but, um, it's something that you can't figure out for him and you need to give him space to figure out because if he does commit to you, you want him to commit to you wholeheartedly with open arms and ready to take it all on and be your partner for life with you and your kids. So there's that. Yeah. It also, I mean, if you're, you've moved your, kids so far away you know she might be having a very very rough time with this I mean yeah it could you know be I moved her I moved what 30 miles away with my parents that were still together and my both my younger sisters when I was 10 years old literally the same age maybe nine and a half um away from all my friends and 30 30 miles when you're a little kid seems like forever I could not I could no longer ride my bike down the street and play with you know my best friends who I've grown up with and all I knew for the last nine years or 10 years of my life, you know, maybe she's really, really struggling with this. You know, there's uh, so many, it's not even one or two new people in her life. There's so many new people in her life. There's a new city in her life. Um, you know, I'm sure that they're doing the whole distance learning thing. You know, it's like, 
her world has just completely changed and that can't help anyone. I mean, it's a, it's a wonder that out of what you say, eight kids that she's the only one acting out. Like I would have been that kid, you know, I would have like, it would have thrown me so far that I would have been like, this sucks. Like I don't, nothing's normal anymore. This feels weird. And I feel like that's kind of a normal behavior to an extent for a kid of that age and that type of change in their life. Yeah. And especially pair that with true mental health issues. Um, it's a recipe for not disaster, but a recipe for a hard time, a hard time, explosions, meltdowns. Um, it's a, it's an adjustment period. And, you know, here's the deal. You want to end up with somebody who will take you and your kids at their worst because you never know where things are going to lead 10 years down the road, you know? So it is good that he's seeing your daughter like this also because he needs to see what he's signing up for. Just in reverse too. If I would tell you the same thing, if he was having, if you were being faced with a difficult situation and you, you were like, I'm going to take a step back. I mean, it's the, the Facebook thing is a little childish. I'm not going to lie. Like, I just didn't. Right. He he did that on Facebook, but didn't have a conversation with you about it. Also really immature. And maybe you consider if you if, if that's someone that is like, that's just weird to me and immature. However, I think it's a good time to really sit back and consider. And sometimes you have to have hard times to come together. You know, you realize I want to work through this and you bond in the trenches. You know, he might have to take a step back so he can move forward. That's okay. Um, Better him figure it out now, though, I would say. Right. Yeah. So figure it out now. And for you, too. You know, you want a partner for your kids. You know, what do you want in a stepfather for your children and your 10 year old daughter? You know, what do you need in a partner to step up? You know, what support do you need in this situation as a bio parent? You know, use this time, too, to really see if this is a man who's stepping up in a way that you need for your life and your kids and your future. So as much as he might be doing some thinking and maybe you do some thinking, too, um, but there is hope, like, yes, blended families can work, but 70% of blended families, you know, 70% of marriages in a blended family situation fail. And that is because people don't really take a hard look at what they want, what they can sustain. Everyone thinks they can do it until it's like five years down the road and you can't do it anymore because you weren't honest with yourself up front. So I think it can work, but I think it takes a lot of hard conversations, a lot of, you know, a lot of understanding the situation. I love Eric's idea about pulling him into the medical mental health issues so he can really, if you, and maybe you've already done this. If you haven't, though, that's really amazing advice you should follow, in my opinion. Something to consider. Yep. All right. Last question. Whoa. <laughs> last question. Um, here is my situation. My soon to be husband. So the fiance has two children, 17 and 14. He has them four days. The ex has them four days. My fiance goes hunting every year. He takes their daughter. 
before I was in the picture, mom took their son for the week. So I'm assuming he takes his daughter for the week that they're hunting and mom takes the other child. Mm, Okay. Okay. Now I am here and she expects the four day rotation to continue while dad is gone. So she would have the other other child while dad is gone instead of mom stepping up and taking. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that makes sense. The concern I have is the son has a temper. And then she writes temper in all caps. He typically takes his anger out on me, i.e. screaming at me, getting in my face. I'm five foot. He's near six feet tall. Doors are slammed. He tells me I make his life hell. You know, normal teenage angry stuff. (laughs) Is it? He does not like being told what to do, especially by me, and will not attempt to behave and behave that way with his dad ever. So that's interesting. He treats his dad different than her and gets away with it. Usually it's things like clean up your room, shower, all things dad tells him he must do. I have expressed my discomfort with my fiance being unreachable when he has one of his outbursts. He spoke with his ex-wife and she devised a plan to help the child behave by bribing him. They both assured me he would behave, or as my fiancé said, he will pay dearly when I get home. I do not want to walk on eggshells and the things I would do with my own daughter, she's 26 with three of her own, are ignored by dad. My question is how do I tell them no without sounding weak or like a whiner or just a bitch? Both kids have struggled the last couple of years. Mom is not present a lot. Her friends and drinking take top priority. We have these kids at our house many times upset because mom doesn't show up for a school event or because she has to work but will take four days off to go on a motorcycle trip with her boyfriend. At the end of the day, I think my fiancé feels his son is safe in our home while he is gone, but at what point does he make mom accountable and make her step up as a mom? So there were two questions, actually. Any advice would be great, and I'm hoping this will stay anonymous. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, personally, I think she's kind of going about it the wrong way. I think that, I well, I realize, like, you're scared about the situation. History has proven itself to be just a terrible situation with this. But I think if they sit, her and her husband sit down with the son or all the kids and talk about how this week's going to go, what it's going to look like. And not from a, not from a punishing point of view already because he hasn't done anything yet. And I think that's what everyone's worried about that. Right. Like it's like, well, she's worried about that. That's Yeah. Right. Yeah, And they are, they acknowledge it because they're bribing him to be good. Right. So, (laughs) so it's already kind of set in place. It's already set there. But I think if they approach it like, look, I'm going to be gone. This It's going to happen. It's going to go this way. And they use it as more of a bonding experience. And she approaches it from like, look, at, we're going to have your favorite dinners while you're gone. You know, I'm going to I'm going to give you space if that's what he likes or if he try to use it like to make it like just a better time for him. Get earn his respect, you know, and vice versa. 
um, use the time to bond a little bit. It sounds like there's just, there's no meshing there. There's no bonding. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of hurt on the son's part because of the way everything goes at his mom's house and the way he's treated there. You know, this kid probably, it's, it's probably a cry for, for just attention and, and want and need. And, um, he's not getting it from his biological mother. And this might be a good way to show, you know, you mentioned that they realize that he's safe in that household, um, that it's a better, lack of better, I can't remember what you said. It's a better, just a situation for for their son, you know, for his son. Um, so use that to your advantage, you know, try to find a common ground to not punish him before anything's happened and before the trips even happen, but try to use it to become a bonding experience and bring this household together a little more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's asking how she can say no. Yeah. It's, I it just, I mean, plain and simple, you say no, but at, in my point of view, my personal thoughts and opinions on that, it's a cop out. This is your stepson. This is someone who you're going to have to be around for the rest of your life and the rest of your time. Your husband's looking to you to take care of your son or your stepson while you're gone. I know it's probably the most uncomfortable, the worst thing, and you want to say no. But for me, as a dad in a situation like that, when my son has been difficult, you know, knowing that you'll step up to the plate and that you'll be there for our family and for my son, even though he's not always the very best to you, even though you guys don't have the closest relationship, knowing that you are there for me in a situation like this is just a good thing for our blended family. Yeah. Extina408 writes in and says, coming from a previous middle school special ed teacher, if she feels he may hurt her, they shouldn't be alone. That's different. Yeah. I That's what she's saying. Yeah. He's, she he's says she's scared. afraid that he's, he's going to hurt her. I didn't hear that in he any of that. He has a temper. He takes right? his anger out on me, screaming at me, getting in my face. I am five foot. Right, right, he right, is right, near right. Six feet. I've never okay. Well, I didn't take any of that as like she's scared for her personal. Like he's gonna. She's hurt scared her. for her safety. Okay. Well, if that's then if that's the case, then you need to tell him like, hey, look, I'm scared for my safety. Like he has done this in the past to me. You know, you need to explain yourself. Yeah, but, and she goes on to say, I have had students try to fight, hit, and actually run into me. I'm short too. A lot of boys respond to females differently than males, and that's probably why he doesn't pull this with his dad and pull the, and pulls it with you because you're a female. And it's also probably that he finds, fem- you know, obviously if his mom isn't nurturing and his mom is not present and that's a difficult relationship, you know, it's so important our parenting because we seek out what we're given so he's gonna feel like all women are not um so his relationship with his mom is going to determine how he views women and so it's not really surprising if he has such a difficult relationship with his mom that that will carry over to you as a stepmom like that is completely not surprising in this situation so um you know, if you, it would be one thing if you've never tried 
right? Like if dad's gone and you've never tried to take this kid on for a few days on your own and you, um, then I think you owe your husband and the family that attempt, like just to try, unless he's hurt you. If he's physically hurt you, then that's a different story. If it's something you just don't want to do because he's difficult and you've never tried, then I think that, and there's been no abuse, right? Like he hasn't laid a hand on you. He's just difficult. Then I think you should try. If it doesn't work out or there are issues that happen, then I think that you have to address it and be informed moving forward. And if he's already hurt you and he's already, um, that's not being a bitch. That's not being whiny. That's not being weak. That is setting a boundary. And setting a boundary is actually a really strong thing to do and a really respectful thing. You have a right to keep yourself safe from anyone. I mean, the, the, the person who wrote in before called the cops on her own 10 year old daughter because she needed to create a boundary. So creating a boundary isn't weak, isn't being a bitch. And you know, what was the other word? You're not a whiner. So maybe if you look at it like that, if, um, and put a boundaries in place, if you take him on for the weekend too, be like, you know, I think people don't address the elephant in the room, you know, but you can, if he's been in your face before, be like, I'm not okay with you getting in my face. We're not doing that this week. That's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going down in this house. And you're just telling him that he's old enough where you can draw boundaries. Like this is how it's going to go. Like Eric said, you know, we're going to have a good time. Let's stay out of each other's way. If he's 17, he's probably not going to want to hang out with you. He's going to want to be on his own. Not going to want to have movie Or 14. If he's 14, I don't know which one. Still, you know, like, what do you want to eat? Like, I'll I'll get us good dinners, like Eric said. Like, you can set expectations and boundaries and have set, set yourself up for success. But if he's hurt you or you genuinely feel unsafe, then you are in every right to create a boundary. And that's a really strong thing to do. Um, And I don't know if it helps to have a friend come over. Like sometimes with kids too, if they have a friend over, they're just occupied and that keeps them out of your hair even more. They're not thinking about you. Yeah. Or maybe he could have sleepovers at a friend's house for two of the four nights. You know, maybe he's gone four nights. You figure out a way for him to stay at a friend's house for a couple of nights, maybe another, you know, maybe you can work it out so he's not always home, but dad still gets to go have this special bonding time and hunting with his daughter. There's just a bunch of different ways you can go about it. Um, and it's a shame that bio mom isn't present. I don't personally understand how you can have kids and just be like, yeah, from a father's point of See, view, yeah. too. Yeah, I don't know how you have kids and, like, I don't want my kid here. <laughs> right. Also. So, but whatever. Everyone's very different. Um, everyone has a different past and story and why they are the way they are. So, really, no judgment. I just don't relate to that. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> Thanks for being here, you guys. I am Eric. This is Julie. We are The Blended Life. Follow us on all the socials. Find us, write us in, um, mostly answering your guys' topics, as you heard. So if you guys have questions or topics or thoughts or ideas, write to us one way or another. There's a hundred ways to reach us. Find one. (laughs) Bye, you guys.
Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.